Hey, you guys, this is Lisa Clark, and Chrissy Dunham and I co-host The Wonder Podcast, and we're so thankful you turned into this edition of The Friend Zone. Every month, we do one episode with new friends, old friends, people we just want to get to know a little bit better, and they come on the podcast and share a little bit about themselves and what the Lord's doing in their life. And so we're excited about this episode, and we're thankful that you tuned in today. We hope you enjoy it as you get to know one of our friends a little bit better and are just encouraged in the Lord today. We'd love for you to go to Apple Podcasts and throw us some stars so that we can be more easily accessible and people can find us out there in the podcast world. And we so appreciate that. And also just let us know. We love your feedback. What do you want to hear more of? What are you enjoying? Is there things that we haven't tackled yet that you would like us to? So thank you again for tuning in today and enjoy this episode of The Friend Zone. Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. Today we are doing and continuing our series on The Friend Zone. This is one of my most favorite things that we get to do. So the last Thursday of each month, uh, Lisa and I bring on a guest. And we just asked the simple question, what is God doing in your life? And Lisa, have we not had some amazing conversations so far? Yeah, we have. And it's it's great to hear. Well, we're all supposed to be able to give an account. That's what the scripture says. And that's kind of where this came from, that we're all supposed to be able to give an account of, of what God's doing, of the greatness of the Lord in their life. And that's really what this podcast is about, the wonders of our great God. And he's doing something wonderful in all of our lives. And so the friend zone is just a chance to proclaim the wonders of God and what he's doing in our own life. So yeah, the last two that we've done, we've had two friends on the friend zone and they've just shared incredible things of the journey that God had them on and uh, what he's doing. So I'm loving it. It makes you, you just get a new best friend out of it, don't you? Absolutely. And we really are having someone on that has become my new best friend. Her name is Aisha McCarthy. She grew up in Jamaica. Uh, Then she moved to New York, and I have the privilege of working with her every day at Apple Boulevard. And Lisa, when she pulls up in her car, like the street (laughs) vibrates, the car's vibrating. I think the entrance to the building's vibrating because she's got worship music cranked up so high, and she is worshiping her God. Oh, that's my kind of girl. Yeah. She'll walk over to the stack of orders that we have and she'll say, oh, the Lord has favor on me today because we are already on singles. And that is just who she is. She sings, she dances. This is just all at work. This is not professionally. And she is a true joy to be around. She is one of those young ladies that when you're around her, you are at the feet of Jesus. And I love her. So she is our guest today. And Aisha, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us some of your background, your childhood, and those kind of things. And then we'll just go from there. Sure. Well, first, thank you so much for inviting me. This is so exciting. I've never done anything like this before. So super exciting and a little nerve wracking, but I'm glad to be here. Um, So I am Jamaican born, Jamaican, the island, um, beautiful island. And My mom and I migrated here to um, the U.S. when I was nine. We were in Brooklyn, you know, rough streets of Brooklyn. And 
my mom found God when I was young and I watched her for a few years and, and I was just like, I want what she has. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want whatever I see my mom with. And I got saved when I was in Brooklyn at the age of, I believe, 11. I got baptized with no real clue of what that meant for my life or, you know, what that, what that really meant at all. And I, most of my life I spent in New York the hard streets in New York and New York will teach you how to survive if nothing else. And I just, I went to school and I, you know, did the teenage years thing with my mom, giving her a hard time. And uh, somewhere in my twenties, when I moved out on my own, I met God for real. <laughs> okay. I, say, I, met, I actually met him <laughs> when I moved out on my own. This uh, friend of mine, she said to me, she says, being on your own, it can either make or break your relationship with God. And it shook me to the core. And I was like, wait a minute. He's, he's, I have to like sustain this thing. Like, how do I do it? It really changed my life because since then I've really been very intentional about my relationship with God. I'm like, I want you with me always and forevermore. Like I need us to be bonded like glue. Um, so, uh, in New York in my late twenties, I, where did God find me? He found me at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Actually, I went to the Brooklyn Tabernacle and it was really a, a kind of a low season for me. Um, I was just a 20-year-old just searching for her place in the world. Um, uh, one of the the patterns of my life, something that the enemy has used is you don't belong anywhere. And, and that's the mm. pattern that he would use. And, um, and finally sinking into that thought and rehearsing that thought in my mind, I was starting to believe that I didn't belong anywhere. And I, I heard a song called Pray online and I realized it was the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. And I made my way there thinking that the choir would be singing on a Tuesday night. To show you, I have no clue what I was doing. They do not sing on Tuesday night. That's their prayer night, their prayer <laughs> night right? Right. It's, okay. <laughs> it's so God did a little trick on me. He was just like, uh-huh, you, you go, yeah. go ahead, go. Get there and hear that song. <laughs> see that choir. And I got there and I was like, uh-uh, this is not it. And I was like, God, what's going on? And I, I just tucked myself in the farthest seat in the back, the farthest seat from the, <laughs> the stage that I could find. And um, I was just being convicted because I kept hearing those same lies. Like you don't belong there and you don't belong in this church either. Like get up and leave. And I was grabbing a hold of my bags. And I was like, you know, when they take offering, mm. I'm sneaking out. And I picked my bag up and I'm like, you know, ready to make an exit before the usher comes my way. Cause I also didn't want to give offering. Got to tell the truth. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm a, gabbing my stuff and I'm about to say, excuse me to the person next to me. And I hear just as clear as day, as if there was a man standing next to me, you're mine. Mm. And it stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, whoa. And I'm looking around like, did anybody else hear that? Mm. And he just started to speak to my heart and just claim me. And like, that was the beginning of him just breaking off all of the the dirt and the the grime and everything off of me, you know, for his glory, of course. But it was in that pivotal moment where he just reminded me that you belong to someone, you know, mm -hmm. I always wanted to belong to a person or, you know, a community or a school or, you know, a group, you just want to belong. And I had not realized until that moment that I did belong to someone that I was the child and not just a child of someone, a child of a king, mm -hmm. you know, like there's importance in that. And that that that's where my real journey with God started. Um, it was at the Brooklyn Tabernacle and he would, you know, 
moved me up on the stage and every just he would move me everywhere that I didn't want to be in front of the people I wanted to be in the back he would put me in the front and just continually just stretching me and um, I stayed with them for five beautiful years where I was able to learn and just just really just feel God stretching me you know in uncomfortable ways and watch him move honestly and to learn him and um, in the middle of the pandemic last year uh, I remember going on the Daniel fast, which <laughs> we all start those, you know, yearly goals. The, I was like, oh, I'm going to complete the Daniel fast. And I did complete it, <laughs> but I was still trying to find like veggie burgers that tasted like meat. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, still trying to like, you know, do my own thing in the midst of surrendering. It's like half surrender, half not. And I remember afterwards, I just felt so convicted and I'm like, God, what am I doing? Like, what am I really doing? And he um, led me to, uh, what was that? Isaiah 58. And it's just like fasting that pleases me. And I fasted for a few days. And in that, he just like, he just poured into me, like just kept pouring into me and putting these new dreams in my heart. And where I was, I was like, God, but one of the dreams that he, he put on my heart was to be a foster mom. And I was living in my friend's home at the time. And I'm like, um, you want me to raise babies in my friend's house? I don't, I don't understand the plan, Lori. I don't know if you put that on her heart. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Like, did you mean this for her? Because I can tell I can relay a message really well, but I don't think this makes much sense right now. And he was just placing all these things in me. And I'm like, God, I don't get it. And just like I heard him when he said, um, you're mine, it was very clear, like, pack up. Mm. But, um, but where am I going? I, d- I don't have pack up money. Like I don't have like own home money, you know, like living in New York is not easy. Mm. It, it, you, it's hard to survive there and having your own place is a big deal and a big expense. And I was just like, God, it, nothing makes sense. What makes sense of it? But I was obedient and I packed my things. I waited out the pandemic. Um, my friends, they had, they came back and they sheltered in at in Texas. So I stayed in New York by myself and I was just waiting, waiting for him to tell me where I was going and how he was going to work it out. Um, and I had no clue. And my friend came back and she hadn't been back for a day before she sat to me and she says, I said, would you think about moving? I said, hmm, funny you would ask. <laughs> I was like, uh, actually, I think I would. And she mentioned Texas and I was a little, I was a little bit nervous about it because my family is in New York. And this would mean taking a step to a place that I don't know. I I don't have friends here, family here. It's the unknown. It was scary, but I wanted to be obedient to God. And I was like, God, if this is your will, just like, let me know. And I woke up one morning and I could just feel it on my heart. And it was just like, go, go and go now. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) hold on. Can I catch up with you? Wait, wait, what do you mean by now? (laughs) Do do you mean like, just, just go now? And he was just like, go now. And I had a job there. I had responsibilities at Brooklyn Tabernacle. Like there were so many things that I was like, well, God, how do I don't understand. And he really just worked everything out. Like he Mm -hmm. had housing for me. Like there was housing here with no family and no friends here. There was housing provided for me within a week of being in Texas. I was working at Apple Boulevard, meeting all these lovely, I mean, lovely women who now I hold like so dear to my heart. Um, And they're like truly my community. And I mean, it's almost as if like no time passed by. I came here and it was just like, okay, this is your new life and here are your new friends and and here, here's where you worship. And 
it all happened so fast. It was almost like overwhelming. It was so overwhelming just seeing him actually move and and open doors for me. Um, in New York, one thing that I would do is I would travel to people's homes, women, and style their hair or like make them custom wigs. It's a really fun and cool thing that I would do, um, mostly for um, Black women. So then I come to Texas and I'm like, hmm, so God, the demographics kind of change. What do I do now? <laughs> and um, a friend called me and she says, I have a friend in Texas and she has a foster daughter and she needs her hair done. Do you think you can do it? And I said, yeah, no problem. I travel to people. I'll go. She was in Argyle and I lived in Carrollton. Oh, like, wow. Uh-huh. It's quite a ways. It's like yeah. Five to an hour. And I mean, I was seeing cows and horses. <laughs> this <is> big. <laughs> I'm going. God be with me. I was just like, what is happening? And I got out there and this woman just like, she was so sweet. And she really just like opened her heart to me and was just like, telling me all these things about foster care. And I'm like, oh God, whoa, you just put me in the middle. Ah. You just put me in the middle of it. And I'm sitting in the house and I'm hearing firsthand about this woman's experience with foster care. And she's like telling me the routes and the ways. And I'm like, whoa. So it was like such an impactful experience. And I left there just like, God, thank you. Like, thank you for that link. Thinking that, you know, that was the one link. No. Wow. Nothing is wasted in God's economy. Not one inch. Taking notes here because you've said so many things that have just aroused my curiosity, but also just, I just want to shop from the rooftops, but there's a word for your testimony because you shared that you wanted what your mom had. And then you, you grew up a little bit more and then you grew up a little bit more and then you kind of went through where you really did own that you were a child of God. There's a fancy word for that. And it's called sanctification. And you've been going through the sanctification process of becoming more like Christ. And that is what I think our testimony is to look like, because when we accept Christ, we don't know what we're doing. We just know we want what she has. We want what he has. We want Jesus. And, but we don't know much more than that. And so it's yes. just you're it's just a beautiful perfect illustration of what it looks like to draw close to God, to yeah. meet him, to become his child, to take on that identity, to work through all of our flaws and and we're still working through those, right? But I love how and I mean your mother must just be so pleased with how you've taken that baton because that's our job as parents is to pass off that baton and make sure our child, our children grab it hard and run with it. And that's what you've do, done. I mean, taking a step of faith, leaving what you know, and coming to Texas. I mean, Texas is a big place. And I, I love when people know, find out I'm from Texas. I'm born and raised Texan, lived here my whole life, never anywhere else. And so they're, they're like, oh, you're from Texas. Do you know so-and-so? And I'm like, oh, my, you don't get it. You've never been there. No, I don't know them. I don't know them. And I probably never been where they live because it's a really big place. You did leave off the one thing that you got when you got here. And that is that you say y'all now. Do you say y'all now? Yes, I do. Say <laughs> I do. I do. But funny story, uh, when I came to New York for the first time from Jamaica, the kids, they they would stare at me and ask me to say things because of my accent. And I chose a Southern accent because <laughs> it sounded the closest to Patois, which is what we speak in Jamaica. 
because ah. it has that sing song. So I've kind of always been saying y'all and have a little Southern draw. There you go. <laughs> you were meant to be a Texan all along. See, you get it. Yes. <laughs> I agree with that. Yes, absolutely. So Aisha, now you're, you're established, I would say. You are living in your own apartment. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And you are doing hair. Yes. You have a little part-time job at the Biscuit Bar. You work at Apple Boulevard. You have, I mean, the Lord has just opened up the floodgates yeah. and has given you favor in many, many ways. Yes. And uh, you are a, he's given you the gift of singing along with other things. Talk to us about a fast, because as I listened to your story, that's how it all started. Yeah. You went to Isaiah 58, yeah. you took him up on his word and you did it. And God just showed himself big to you. So talk to me about what God did with this fast or what do you think happened or tell me, you know, what happened there? I think what happened when I did it the right way, because <laughs> that first time I, I was a little bit dibbling and dabbling in the, the veggie burgers. <laughs> but I think the second time I understood a little bit more that it was the motive of my heart. That was the, the real thing that I needed to be fasting because I wanted to remind my flesh that God is in control. And it's not my will, but his will be done. So as I was still trying to find, you know, veggie burgers and things like that, I was still trying to feed my flesh. So once I finally, I felt that once I finally, you know, was taking control over my flesh and giving God complete control, I feel like my ears were open. You know, I would, I, he then could speak to me and I could hear. And I feel like he's always directing us and, and guiding us. But sometimes, you know, between distractions and just life, we, you know, we don't hear him, you know, we don't hear him as clearly as we could. And in that fast, I just kind of silenced the world, you know, between social media and, and movies and all that. I just kind of silenced it out and I didn't do anything real grand. It was him that did it, you know, did it all. He, he was, he spoke and I was able to finally hear him. And that's really what happened with that fast. And I'm on another one again right now. And I'm like, God, I need to hear you again, Lord, <laughs> please speak up <laughs> one more time. Do it again, Lord. I'd what is your that. favorite praise song? What's your favorite song right now? Album? Um, I don't have one. I've been, you know what I've been singing? I came from an, an apostolic church, um, old Jamaican apostolic church. And we used to sing from a hymnal. And, and Love it. for some reason, I've been singing those songs. Even before I came on here, I was singing Draw Me Nearer. And oh, I haven't heard that song in so long, but it just like, these songs keep coming back up in my heart. These The older ones, like you know, that leads you right to the cross that gets straight to it. Like, listen, I just need you, God, like draw mm. me because I can't draw myself. Pull me. I'm begging mm. you. It's no real album at the moment, but just okay. singing the hymnals in my head. Draw me nearer. Love that. That's interesting. You say that I've been hooked on because he lives. There's something about that song that just gives me what I need and what I need to hear. And there's something about music that is so special yeah, and worship true. music that draws me near to the Lord. And I try to make that a part of my time with him yeah. or as I'm driving into work and driving home from work, I'll listen to a podcast or I'll listen to scripture 
Lisa yeah. and I are doing the Bible recap. So I listened to that on my way in because I've just finished the scripture that morning that we were supposed to read. But for you, I watch you <laughs> and you are constantly dancing and joyful. And like I said, your car is filled up with the Lord and that's just who you are. And then as we have conversations through the day, you refer to your grandmother a lot. You'll say, well, my grandmother taught me you do this, 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 and this. Well, my grandma said this, this, and this. So I want to hear how your grandmother was involved in your life and how she had such an impact. What did she do? Because Lisa and I our grandmothers. Yeah. Tell us, tell us the granny goods. Tell us what granny did. So my grandmother raised me. So my mom, she had me in Jamaica and then she came back to America to work, you know, and send money back and all that stuff. So my grandmother was really, I don't even call her grandma. I call her mommy because I didn't realize that she was. And she was, and is like a rock in my life. My grandmother just she, she was like superhero to me. All my meals, everything I needed, she was just there for me. But the introduction to church, Sunday school, all those little songs that you remember in your heart when you need them, when you know those new songs can't come to your heart, those were taught by my grandmother. Hmm. She would always sing while doing my hair, sing the you know the church songs that we would sing, and she would always bring me to church every Sunday. She would put me in the frilliest skirt she could find or the frilliest dress with the prettiest socks and shoes. And she took pride in dressing me up and bringing me there and making sure that I was at Sunday school every, every week. And I don't remember missing any, um, of course, then I didn't quite get it, but she really was the introduction to just my walk with God, you know, and my mom, you know, gave me the understanding of what the Holy spirit, you know, what life is like with the Holy spirit. So my mom, my grandmother really started it all. And all the sayings, the old sayings. Sometimes I sound like an older woman and I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was telling a little girl the other day, I said to my friend's daughter, I was like, Hey, you should stop doing that or you're going to fall. And she fell. And I remember saying, when you can't hear, you'll feel. And that is something my grandmother would say all the time. <laughs> when you don't hear, you will feel. <laughs> it was like, Oops, see, I told you. And I'm like, I sound like an 80 year old woman. <laughs> <laughs> You're an old soul. I am. I am. That's but amazing. Yeah, that's the role she played in my life. Yeah, I love to hear the grandmother stories because, man, we're we're doing it now. Chrissy and I are doing it, and we are we love our grandchildren. I think I like being a grandmother more than I like being a mother, quite honestly. So, a <laughs> uh, lot less uh, trouble and drama, but yes. it's amazing. It's yes. amazing. So. Where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? What is what what does your future look like? What are you dreaming? God, what do you believe in God for? I am believing God that I will be able to assist the foster care and the adoptive care community with the talents and the gifts that He's given me. You know, He YouTube and God taught me how to do hair. And <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, sometimes I look at a style and I'm like, girl, I don't know how you did that, but that looks good. And I know that God really, you know, like he, he gave me a gift and I want to use it for his kingdom. And in the Bible, he talks about, you know, caring for the fatherless and, and the motherless. And I'm like, I want to be your hands and feet on earth. And that is definitely a way that I want to like bridge that gap of, you know, kids who you're, they're in a rough, a rough space. So just feeling beautiful, you know, like that helps so much. Just yes. like, all right, well, 
I feel beautiful. At least my hair is done. You know, you know how you feel when your hair is done. Yes. Chrissy, you know, your hair is looking good today. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that confidence that it gives you. So definitely in the next few years, I see that business just expanding throughout Texas and, you know, where I can reach as many foster homes as he will allow me to reach and, you know, get in there. And I pray over these babies when I'm doing their hair. I'm like, I'll cover them, whichever, with the next house they're going to. So I'm like, God, if you get me in the house, I'm going to cover them. So that's where I see in 10 years is just, you know, that business expanding. And I would love to be just singing and worshiping for him again. I, you know, sang at Brooklyn Tab and and I'm just waiting on his say so to say, all right, girl, go there. You know, and I don't mind starting from the back. Put me in the back. Okay. (laughs) I'll sing my way up to wherever God wants me to be. Um, But those are my views and I'm praying to be married and um, to be a foster mom. I'd love to take in as many kids as I possibly can. Those are the dreams that he's placed on my heart and what I'm working towards by his grace. I love it. I love it. You have so much to offer at such a young age. And I know that that is something that the Lord's going to do. And I have had the opportunity to hear you sing at a wedding. And I've had the opportunity to hear you just sing along and you have the most amazing voice. And you said right now that the Lord is uh, reminding you of draw me near and that's what he's doing in your life. Would you close us out by singing that? Absolutely. Sure. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord. Hide the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in night. Draw me Blessed Lord, to the cross where Thou hast died. Draw me nearer, a blessed Lord, to Thy precious bleeding side. Wow, girl, we can have church. Always ready. Wow, wow, wow. (laughs) We can have some church up in here. And as I was listening to those words, uh, you know, this is being recorded during the time of Lent and during preparation for celebrating our risen Savior. And isn't that the cry of our heart? And shouldn't that be the cry of our heart to draw us near and prepare us for that celebration that is closely and coming very fast. Amen. Wow. Wow. Amen. That was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for sharing what God is doing in your life and just what he's done and what he's continuing to do. It was, it's quite a story and you trusted him through it. And now you find yourself in the Texas and we are happy to have you here. And um, amen. Yeah. I mean, what a, just a beautiful story of faith and what God's done in your life. It's a pleasure to have you on beautiful girl. Thank y'all for having me. It was a pleasure being here. Chrissy, you got me to sing. Hmm. (laughs) I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) 
loved it. We love you. <laughs> love you so much. <laughs>